Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bashed, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. Listen and enjoy this latest episode as Pastor Tim answers your sincere questions. Here's Pastor Tim. On this episode of Bible Bash, we will be answering the question, how do I get assurance? And in order to answer this question, we're going to be dealing with the topic of the frustrated idolater. Uh, now, one of the things to realize is that we're living in a kind of society right now uh, that is not prone to what might be described as physical idolatry. So we're we're not living in the kind of society that is going to make for ourselves graven images, as the Second Commandment tells us, uh, that we are going to physically bow down and worship and physically identify as if they are our God in any real sense. And so we're not living in that kind of superstitious society, though, uh, because we are fundamentally and inherently religious, one of the things that might happen pretty quickly is that we do return to some of these superstitious practices that uh, many people think are long gone. Uh, that being the case, though, the, the truth is that the vast majority of Americans in particular are not just bowing down and worshiping and serve, serving uh, physical idols that they may craft and identify as their own personal God who is going to bless them and um, certain ways. And so we, we uh, don't typically uh, have a strong concept of physical idolatry within our uh, country and within our society and really in most uh, you know, first world countries uh, throughout the world. Uh, we've uh, laid aside those vestiges of you know, older civilizations, but then the fact remains is that we are essentially religious beings, and many of us are engaging in idolatry on a regular basis. We just might not uh, make for ourselves specific physical idols. Now, as you read the Bible, one of the things you're going to find is the concept of idolatry itself is much broader than this idea of physical idolatry. So as you read through the Bible, one of the things you'll realize is that uh, you can essentially do the same thing uh, that an individual who has a physical idol does, though you might not make for yourself a specific physical object of worship. You can take things and you can place those things as, uh, uh, or you can essentially make those things uh, take on a place of primary importance in your heart, in your life, and look to them to do the kind of things that only God can do. 
uh, all the while not identifying what you're doing as idolatry. Uh, so Ezekiel 14, 4 through 5 says this, uh, Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Any one of the house of Israel who takes his idols into his heart and sets the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and yet comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him as he comes with the multitude of his idols, that I may lay hold of the hearts of the house of Israel who are all strange from me through their idols. Uh, so in the Bible, there's this idea of taking idols into our heart. Uh, Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fount of living waters, and they've hewn for themselves uh, broke, broken cisterns that can never uh, satisfy. So this idea of idolatry in the Bible is something that God hates and is something that he fundamentally is going to oppose an individual when he makes an idol. But then what I'm trying to say is that the idea of idolatry in general is much broader than just the idea of physical idolatry. You know that you have made an idol out of something when it takes a place of preeminence in your own heart, in your own life, and you're looking to this thing to be your source of satisfaction or your source of contentment or your source of safety or your source of comfort instead of looking to God to be these things fundamentally for you. So uh, in, in order to answer this broader question that we're seeking to answer, how do I get assurance? Uh, there's a kind of individual who really is not going to be engaging in you know scandalous, uh, outward, uh, knowledgeable sins uh, that in, in some sort of pervasive and rebellious way. So we describe individuals who uh, might be characterized as uh, the stubborn rebel. So they're, they're individuals who are not going to have assurance because they are fundamentally a stubborn rebel who are characterized by uh, sins they refuse to repent of. And then we've also said that there's uh, individuals who are described as basically worthless losers who are who are not committing sins of omission, uh, or sins of commission, but sins of omission. So uh, the stubborn rebel is going to be committing sins of commission. Uh, the uh, worthless loser is going to be committing sins of omission. And both of them are going to be individuals who are going to struggle with a lack of assurance because they have some sort of fundamental uh, sin, like pervasive, life-dominating sin problems in their life. Uh, but with the idea of the frustrated idolater, this is also a problem of uh, lack of assurance that's related to uh, a lack of repentance. Uh, but then in this case, uh, the issue that is in mind is one of heart idolatry. So there's many individuals who essentially are making idols out of things in their life. And these idols, they're looking to these things to be sources of joy to them and source uh, more, more than just a source of joy, but then their fundamental purpose and reason for existence, their fundamental source of safety and uh, source of satisfaction. These are the uh, objects that are in their life that are fundamentally worshiping and serving in a pretty fundamental level that are calling all the shots in their life. And to the individual who is engaging in idolatry at that kind of level, uh, it might be that they also struggle with assurance in a pretty comprehensive way. And if you ask them, hey, you know, do you believe the good news that Jesus Christ died to save the ungodly? They're going to say, yes, I believe that. I, uh, I don't think that there's anything I can do to earn my salvation. I'm looking to Christ's righteousness on the cross as a free gift given to me, and yet I just don't feel any confidence that I am Christ. And then you ask them, you know, are there any known sins in your life? And they're not going to come up with any known sins in their life that are actually characterizing their life. And, you know, you ask their loved ones and their loved ones looking on the outside are basically going to say, hey, this they don't see any you know, huge problems with this kind of individual. 
uh, as, as far as just sins of omission and then our sins of commission. Then if you're, you're trying to address what are described as sins of omission or uh, things that an individual might be failing to do that God calls them to do, uh, one of the things you're going to find is that their life doesn't also seem to be dominated by you know, sloth or laziness or, you know, rejection of work or the kind of things that we mentioned in uh, previous episodes. Uh, but then deep down, one of the things that you might realize is that the, this, you're, there is a kind of individual that might not have any of those, you know, overt, you know, either sins of omission or commission, uh, but then they have idols that they've taken into their heart that are robbing them of their joy. And these idols are the things that they are fundamentally living for. And the problem is that in many instances, when you set something up as an idol in your heart, you're fundamentally living to this thing. This thing is ultimately going to let you down. Uh, so as Jeremiah 2.13 says, my people are committed to evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of the living waters, and then they're hewed up for themselves uh, cisterns which can hold no water or which can never satisfy them. Uh, so, you know, when an individual is living to have, you know, a perfect marriage or an individual is living to have, you know, perfect kids or an individual is living to get social media likes on their uh, social media accounts or when, when an individual is living for fundamentally for comfort or safety or a problem-free life and they find that they're, you know, in a marriage that is hard and, and they have, uh, and they, you know, they had all these kind of ideas about what child raising would be like, and they find that their kids are uh, stubborn rebels and don't always do the kind of things that they say. Uh, you know, or if they're an individual who's uh, read too many uh, psychological books and uh, <laughs> uh, read, maybe read love languages, five love languages too many times, and they're looking at their spouse and basically realizing that all the ways in which their spouse is failing to love them, and they have, you know, these. Uh, idolatrous expectations about you know, what life would have been like and they you know had some sort of fantasy about what marriage would look like and they get married and they realize that marriage isn't living up to that sort of fantasy uh, you know their husband their wife isn't doing the kind of things that they expect them to do their kids aren't living up to all the standards that they may have had for them what happens is that that individual might have uh, really uh, very little assurance of their salvation in their life because they're looking at their life and they're realizing that their life fundamentally isn't going the way that they thought it would go or that they want it to go. And fundamentally, there's this deep source of unhappiness that is ever present in their life uh, because they have all these unmet uh, uh, idols that are in their heart. They have all these desires that uh, that uh, God in His providence is not sovereignly giving them. And often one of the things you'll find is that if you take anything and you place it as more important than the Lord, or you take uh, any good thing, you know, and often these idols of the heart are fine things. They're not evil things. They're not bad things. I mean, it's not bad to want to be loved. It's not bad to be, uh, you know, want to be cherished or it's not bad to want to have someone respect you. It's not bad to have someone, uh, you know, want to uh, speak to you in a nice way. <laughs> like these are often good things. But the problem is that when you make these things the fundamental things that you're living for, then what happens is that God often has a way of standing in the way of these things. And and fundamentally, no one's no one is made to live up to all the expectations that an individual might have for them. So the truth is that if you're not satisfied with God and you're not satisfied with your relationship with God and you, you're looking to someone else to, you know, fundamentally fix these 
you know, deep problems within your own heart, within your own life, and to be everything for you, to be your source of stability, to be your source of strength, to be your fundamental, your source of comfort. Uh, one of the things you'll find is that sinful human beings uh, often have a way of letting you down. And when they do, the problem is that you're looking at God and you're saying, well, God, how could you? Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be saying that because, you know, God uh, basically doesn't owe us anything. And we are just sinners who um, have no right to demand anything from God whatsoever. Uh, but the problem I'm trying to say, though, is that if you have all these desires and unmet expectations, many people take these unmet expectations, they pin them on God, and then they look at God and you say, God, I, you know, if you love me, you would do these kind of things. But then obviously God isn't doing these things that they expect him to do. So therefore they feel very distant from God and they feel very far away from God. And one of the things they find is that their prayers often are not being answered because all their prayers fundamentally are pretty self-centered and they all revolve around these idols that they have erected in their own heart, in their own life. And the, the result of all that is that their assurance goes uh, and so the problem, though, is that many people, they're expecting God to do certain things that he fundamentally never promises uh, to do. And fundamentally, if you're living to worship and serve these these other things uh, and they have taken your place of uh, primary importance in your own heart and in life and they're the things fundamentally you're living for over and against living to obey God and to honor him with your life, one of the things you'll find is that God has a way of frustrating those idols and not giving you those things in order to purify your own heart and help you to learn the right lessons that you should be learning. Uh, so uh, one of the things you find as you read through the Bible is that uh, essentially James 4 tells us, you know, where do wars and fights come from? from among you, uh, do they not come from the desires that are at work within your members? And so that word desire is the word epithumia, which means, you know, lusts. Now, that, when you hear lust, you often think of strong sexual desire that's deviant in some kind of way. But the idea of lust in the Bible is just a, a, a strong desire, an epithumia is a strong desire that is uh, you know, either consuming or it's uh, inappropriate in a certain way, and so it's attached to some sort of illicit object. Uh, but then the truth, but James tells us, you know, where do these wars and fights come? Why do you have all this conflict in your life? Uh, it's because you have these desires for pleasure, which are weigh, waging war in your members. Uh, the text says you do not have because you do not ask. And then you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your passions. In other words, you're asking and you're not receiving because you're spending it on these idolatrous lusts. You're fundamentally a self-centered person who is looking to God to be a magic genie that is going to fix your fundamental problem of a lack of contentment. And so he exists to serve your idol instead of he exists as an end in of itself to be served. Uh, that's the problem. So that kind of individual who is basically uh, looking to God to be the facilitator of their idols, their heart idols, that kind of individual might find that God stands in opposition against them and he's going to make that individual's life harder and more difficult in order for that individual to realize that this is a trial that's designed to test their faith and produce in them steadfastness. Uh, and so what many people don't realize is that God is not giving them the things they want because God's trying to purify their own heart and purify their own life and wean them off of uh, you know looking to the creation to do certain things that he should uh, be doing for them uh, in a fundamental level. 
so for many people, they're, they're, the point is they're not going to have assurance because they have these idols in their heart that they really fundamentally uh, need to deal with. And, and there are lessons to learn uh, in this kind of way. Now, in general, uh, you know, as it relates to just relationships in general, men generally want, you know, from women, uh, respect and sex. That's kind of the way it works. Uh, you know, women want from men. They typically want to be loved. They typically want to be cherished. Uh, they they typically you know, are thinking more in terms of the relationship, and men are thinking more in terms of, you know, do what I say because I'm the leader and respect me and give me the physical things that I want. So both, you know, all those things, they're, they're fundamentally good. I mean, they're, they're fundamentally good. Like a lady looking to a man and say, hey, I, I'm looking to be cherished. I'm looking to be loved. I'm looking to be um, valued. I'm looking, uh, you know, I'm looking to you to be my fundamental source of safety and everything else. Those are all good things. The problem is that if fun, they, they make poor gods is the point. And so if your life revolves around getting these things, one of the things you're going to find is that when you don't get these things, then fundamentally you're no, not going to have any contentment. You're not going to have any satisfaction in your life. And fundamentally, if you don't understand what's actually happening in your own heart and your own life, you're going to feel very distant from God because you are, you uh, because God is not doing the kind of things that you. Uh, expected him to do it that way in in those kind of ways. Uh, so to answer the question, how do I get assurance for the individual who has no assurance because they've uh, erected all these idols in their heart? Uh, the, the you know the path forward for that kind of individual is going to you know remember the basic prescription for assurance that the Bible gives, which is just to trust and obey. So fundamentally, you're looking to trust in the promises of God and obey what He says and to and to re- and to do work against these idols that you've erected in your own heart and your own life. And so instead of living, you know, to serve these things that are fundamentally never going to be enough for you, that kind of individual is going to have to learn to live uh, to the glory of God and learn to worship and serve God no matter what happens in their own circumstance, in their own life. And one of the things that you'll find is that uh, the more that you actually live to the glory of God, these other things, whether they come or go, or they're, 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 it doesn't matter so much. And when, when you do receive these kind of things, you can appreciate them more because they're not the entirety of what you're looking for in your life. And so for a man who idolizes sex and respect, you know, no sex with his wife is ever going to be enough. It's never going to be satisfying. Uh, because he needs to fundamentally live to the glory of God. But then if he can live to the glory of God, then you know, intimacy with his wife can be a wonderful thing and something that he fundamentally enjoys. In the same way, like for a woman who's living for, you know, to living to feel loved and to feel valued and to feel cherished, no amount of any of that from her husband is ever going to help <laughs> uh, because that fundamentally makes a poor God. But then if she learns to look to God, and, and find her source of love uh, from him fundamentally, it might be that she can appreciate the love that her husband is showing to her that she may not realize. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, 
then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.